one of the things that um, we've tried to do in July for the past couple of years, it just kind of seems fitting with the 4th of July, and uh, uh, kind of an emphasis sometimes on kind of um, prayer for our, our, our country and so forth, is to kind of focus a little bit on what we do in the community as a church. One of the things that I believe uh, strongly in is that the, the community or the, the church should be involved in the community in a way that it draws those in the community to Christ. And when we come together, that people can see Jesus at work uh, as we come together corporately um, and serve. And then as we go out to our homes, too, and as we are neighbors, and I am by no means a perfect neighbor, um, while at the same time, I think when Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself, um, it's, a, it's a good idea to do your best to put that into practice. And so as a body of believers, um, we come to this place, this building, and um, as a group of people, we have a residence, and therefore we have neighbors. Um, we have neighbors here in Talmadge. We have uh, neighbors throughout the Akron area because I know that not all of you are from Talmadge, that we have people who come from all over, from Hudson, Stowe, Brimfield, Akron, Ellet, uh, Ravenna, and so forth. Um, and we want to be a church that uh, reaches out beyond our walls and makes a difference in the world, uh, makes a difference in our community uh, because everything starts with, 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 with where we're at. Uh, last week we talked about fifth quarter. Pastor Doug did. I'm so thankful uh, for him and the work that he and his wife Susan do. I believe Brad that you uh, shared a little bit last week. Okay, Brad didn't. Brad was at a wedding last week, but some of you shared. Um, I haven't listened to it yet uh, about fifth quarter and the work that we are doing in fifth quarter. Last year I think we averaged over like 150 uh, middle schoolers and high school students coming and showing up here on a Friday night. Uh, that's pretty cool uh, when you think about it, uh, that we are having that kind of impact and that people are, are coming to be here on a Friday night where they could be a number of places uh, and um, that we are having that. I'm thankful for Doug and Susan. Doug and Susan this week, by the way, they are gone on a motorcycle trip. Uh, I think they're riding through the mountains, so pray for them that, that they stay safe. I keep waiting for Doug when he goes on a motorcycle trip to like come back with some tattoos or something, uh, or at least a pointy goatee, because he is he is he is the most unassuming Harley rider you have ever met, isn't he? Um, and so uh, maybe he'll come back uh, with some with some with some ink or something. I don't know. Just pray that they come back safe and they'll be back soon. I think they'll be back tomorrow. But I'm thankful I'm thankful that he got to take that trip as uh, many of you have maybe saw on Facebook or whatever, that we just got back from a vacation ourselves and was uh, very fortunate to be gone and, and glad to get to spend that time with our family. And we thank you for your prayers uh, during that time and, and just some of the joy, I guess, you shared with us, seeing some of the weird pictures that, that we took and, and posted. I celebrated a birthday on vacation. And so uh, one of those things, that's one of those things that gets you thinking uh, really about your life. I don't know about, about you, but get kind of reflective on my birthday and you just, you look back on your life and you begin to look forward and you realize the, the years are, are short. Um, you don't have a ton of time on this earth and so you wonder if you're making a difference. Uh, you wonder if what you're going to do in the future is going to make a difference. I'm always reminded on my birthday kind of of the parable of talents. 
right? God, God gives these group of men uh, so much, basically, money to use to glorify him. And um, a number of them do. And what he does is when he greets those men, he, he says to some of them, well done, good and faithful servant. And yet there's this other servant has been given, uh, even as just very little, but God, it, God had planned for him to invest what he had. And, and this man didn't invest it. Instead, he went and buried it in the ground and did basically nothing with it. And it's an analogy for those who do very little to nothing with their life, although God has given them much. Uh, and my birthday just gets me thinking about what am I doing with the gifts that God has given me? Am I making a difference in such a way that God will be glorified, uh, that people's lives will um, uh, be changed in the way that they love God more, that they love people more? And, and you wonder uh, about that. And, you know, sometimes you start to take inventory in your life and wonder if God will say that to you. Well done, good and faithful ser- servant. The truth is, is that God doesn't just do that with us on an individual level, that God does that on a corporate level. When you read the book of Revelation, uh, you know, some people just stay away from that book. And I get it, right? There's some creepy, like, dragons and stuff in there. Um, people are trying to understand. Uh, but just read the first couple chapters. Right? What God is doing is He's speaking to churches. He's speaking to groups of people. And, and what He's saying, He's saying, hey, church, you're doing good over here. Right? You're loving one another. Uh, you're loving the people around you. But I've got this against you. Right? And you need, to, you need to shape up over here. Right? You, you, need to, you need to change this. If, if you're going to bring glory to me, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to make a difference in the world, if you're going to make it to the end, right? here's, here's some things that you need to focus on. Uh, and those things are just so convicting to me as I lead a church and as a pastor and as, as a church, you know, I want God to look at our church and say, hey, well done, good and faithful church. I want our church, as we think about being active in the community, uh, I, I want the community, whether or not they agree with the things that um, we believe, I want them to see the things that we do as acts, acts of love uh, and service. Uh, and so one of the things that I've always kind of wondered is like if if our congregation um, if it if it didn't exist anymore, right, would anyone care outside of this congregation? Right, would would the mayor care? Uh, would the community care? Would your neighbors care? Uh, and I, I hope the answer to that is yes. Right, um, because if we just kind of come together. Each week, um, sing, sing some songs, uh, hear a word, or just taught something, um, but we're not applying it uh, directly to our lives so that people will see Christ and so that people will see, feel more loved. And so um, we might be making society a better place to live. Uh, we're kind of we're missing the mark. Kind of what inspired us to kind of talk about being for the city and so forth. Over the past couple of years, we've, we've just kind of tried to highlight a few things um, and just kind of stay focused on this idea is um, this passage in Jeremiah. It's in, it's in Jeremiah 29. It's going to open your Bibles there. Uh, Jeremiah 29 and beginning in verse 4. 
Here's what God says to Jeremiah and the people of God there. He says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent in the exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So here's what God um, tells uh, the, the people of God. He says, hey, you're actually in a situation here uh, that is, it doesn't seem favorable to you. Uh, you are in a place that you actually would even prefer not to be there in exile. In other words, they're not in Jerusalem. They don't feel at home. Um, and they're a little uncomfortable with where they're at. And God actually says, he says, I've sent you there. He said, the place in which you are at currently is, is not just the hole that you've dug for yourself, even. But rather that through God's providence, he has been orchestrating events to get you to where you are at. Uh, and so I know a, a number of us, no matter where you live or where you're from or where you're at, even in your life right now, some of us just need to be remi- reminded of this, is this idea that you kind of belong where you're at for this moment. It doesn't necessarily mean that God is going to keep you here. And so go ahead and throw that up there. If you just want to write this down and give you notes, I was gone. Um, but this idea is that you, you belong where you're at. And it may be only for a time. Uh, but while you're there, like God is expecting you. Uh, to believe that you're in this moment for him and to, to bring him glory. To, you, ha- you have purpose in this place. And so we try to believe that as a church. He continues here he, in, in verse 5. He says, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. <laughs> in other words here is that you, you can... You can get to work. Right? You are to be at work and you are to be moving forward. You are to be enjoying the fruit of your labor. And go ahead and throw that point up there, Don. You know, what you do is important. Uh, everything that you do is important. Your work is important. <laughs> Martin Luther, um, he said it, uh, in one of his commentaries on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, he said, um, do you realize that we pray for our daily bread? And he says, do you, do you, do you realize that somebody's got to make that bread? Uh, and, and so the bread that we pray for is being produced by somebody who makes bread. Therefore, the bread maker's work is important. Right? The, the bread maker is important. Right? What you do in society as you contribute to the well-being of society is, is important. Commerce, trade, your job. All of that. God continues here and he says, um, verse 6, Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. So multiplication. God said, hey, go ahead and have families. Uh, um, I want you to multiply. And there are some families in, in this church that are doing a pretty good job of that. Uh, right? The fairs, the Reynolds. Um, and a number of others of you. Um, we're working on it, uh, praying that it kind of stops soon. Um, right? We, uh, last night, after we got back from vacation, Sean, he plays drums, was, uh, he was uh, um, uh, um, watching our dogs, so we brought him over and we're talking, and all of a sudden my kids got quiet, they disappeared, and so I'm looking through my house for him, and I, I walk into to the bathroom. Uh, our bathroom in the back of the house and our bedroom and uh, my son doesn't have any clothes on 
and my my daughter is hanging onto the toilet with one foot in it and toilet papers everywhere and Judah points to Evelyn, his sister, and says, uh, she did it, right? Um, I think I should have named Judah Adam and her Evie, instead of Evie. If you don't get that joke, I'll explain it later. Um, But yeah, yeah, kids are crazy. But the the idea here is that God believes that families are important. Uh, that your sons and daughters, they're important because they will have influence in the future just as you influence them. And so what I did with my kids is I uh, promptly reminded them that we don't play in the toilet and then pick them up and set them in time out. And uh, since I have influence over my son, uh, I reminded him of the Bible verse that we are teaching him. Uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have Bible verses that we memorize, and that's his right now. Um, and uh, lit them up after a minute or so. That's about all they can handle. Um, finally, the last verse here. Uh, verse 8. Or verse 7, excuse me. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Uh, in other words here, um, that in the success of your community and the success of your city, you too will find success. We are to contribute uh, to the community around us because when the community around us succeeds and when they see God and when they're changed by Him, we share in their success. Uh, And so those are some of the things that we've been focusing on. And I'm going to ask Jim and Lawana Partlow to come up here. And they're going to share about um, one of our ministries here at the church in which uh, we uh, invest in our community. Um, and we try to serve in our community. And uh, many of you uh, know this ministry very well because you are hands-on in it, uh, in it every day or at least once a month. And uh, many of some of you probably weekly. Uh, but this is a really cool ministry, and I'm going to kind of let them share a little bit about it. Many of you know about Joanne's Pantry, uh, but I'm going to ask them to kind of start with the bare bones because if you're like me when I first got here and was being told uh, that the church has a food pantry. My first thought is, awesome. We have a closet where we keep some canned goods. Um, and if somebody knocks on our doors, we'll give them some canned goods. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing. Uh, but this is, this is much bigger. Um, and we serve a ton of people. And God really uses uh, Joanne's pantry. And it's one of those things that um, I'm, I'm proud that we are part of as a pastor. And so this is Jim Partlow and Milana Partlow, and uh, they are fear, fearless leaders of Joanne's Pantry. Fearful. fearful. Yeah, fearful leaders. That works, too. <laughs> so um, go ahead and give us a little history on Joanne's Pantry, how it got started, and what it is. Well, Joanne's Pantry is a big closet <laughs> with lots of canned goods. Um, and we thank the Lord for that because it's through the... Holy Spirit's organizing and laying on people's hearts to faithfully um, donate and serve that this is able to continue. Uh, Joanne's Pantry is a ministry located in the Goodyear Heights area. It has been in existence. Now this, as a people, you can be very proud of. Uh, It has been in existence almost 30 years now. Um, it It was started to honor um, Joanne Bartholomew and a, as a way to serve the community when she was brutally murdered 
uh, many years ago. And uh, it is about people serving people. Um, and the joy is on both ends. Because people go to serve, come to serve and they think they're giving. But I think in the end, if you talk to the people that serve there, you'll find out that they get as much or more out of serving there than the people that they serve. Um, and that's Joanne's pantry in a nutshell, kind of. <laughs> Um, about so, tell us how the how the pantry works. Like what happens in it, kind of what you do. Well, we serve about 450 to 500 families a month, uh, which comes down to about uh, 1,200 to 1,500 people every month are being fed by this small, relatively small congregation. When you think of the big super churches that are out there now. Um, So that speaks well. We do have some support from a couple of other churches, and uh, it's it's mostly the people from this congregation and the contributions from this congregation that support this ministry. Um, We have a lot of people involved in this ministry. What it well, I started writing it down because that was one of the questions that Josh asked me. Uh, we are only open to serve people two days a month, but that doesn't mean that those are the only two days that people are doing things to make this happen. Um, those in those two days, as many as 500 in this past month, over 500 people will come through our doors in two days. So we have to be ready for them. We have to have at least 20 to 25 people there ready to distribute food on the days that we give out. Uh, We need to have people there who are going to feed our workers uh, when they get hungry in the middle of the day and kind of to, to substitute for those who have regular assignments. We have a Girl Scout troop that is led by my daughter, BJ, um, with about seven to nine Girl Scouts who come down every month and they stock the shelves and bring everything up that needs to come up from downstairs to be ready to give out on Tuesday. We have another team that comes in after we give out on Tuesday and that's about six to eight people who are from another congregation who stock the shelves on Tuesday night so that we are ready to distribute food on Thursday. We have a team of about eight to ten people who come in every Monday morning and help us unload a trailer that Jim and I go down and pick up with three to four thousand pounds of food. Uh, We have two people from the church here um, who go down and pick up bread at Intamin's. The month that we give, the Monday that we give out, they'll go down and pick up about about 38 boxes of bread and bread products. Um, And then um, during the week, there's a lot of work that goes on, breaking things down and so forth. That's something that Alcantara was really key in doing. He would repackage jelly and um, repackage our dry goods that we bring in in boxes and so forth so that things were just ready. He was just that person behind the scenes that did so much and mentored and supported and and he was just very key to this ministry. Okay. As far as the people who serve there, kind of, I didn't give you this question to prepare for, but you know, um, 
you know, one of the things that we are as a church is we're, we're a multi-generational church. We have people of all ages um, in our congregation. Tell us about the kind of the, the range of ages, too, that work and serve there. You kind of did a little bit, but... Um, I think maybe... Well, we have some people in the 90s who work there still. <laughs> we have people in their 80s who work there. So if you want to live to be old, you should work at the pantry. <laughs> um, the Holy Spirit just really works there in an amazing way. He seems to just know what we need, and we really, he makes us recognize on a regular basis that we're not in charge at all. <laughs> we're just kind of there to, you know, to be the ringmasters, so to speak, um, using our carnival theme from the surf team. But, um, yeah, he just, uh, in so many ways, all the time, we see his hand. Um, last Monday... We didn't get the word out really good that we were picking up. And on the way back from the food bank, I looked at Jim and I go, you do realize that we might be unloading this trailer by ourselves. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, well, it'll be okay. And we got, we pulled in and we see one car and then we see another car. And I texted somebody and they go, oh, the gang's all here. <laughs> and everyone was there to unload and, and everybody's, that's the kind of faithful service that um, we see at that pantry. It's not only faithful, it's joyful. But the faithfulness is unbelievable. People schedule their vacations around Joanne's pantry <laughs> so that they will be available. Um, so it's, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for somebody who's never been to the pantry before, let's say they knock on the door and even want to get food, like what's the process? Tell us about the process. They go through the pantry. Okay. It's going to sound a little bit confusing, but if you show up at our door on a day that we're giving out, you're going to receive a number. That's your number for standing in line outside. And then when your number's called, you come in and you get a new number because some people don't stand in line very well. <laughs> and uh, there are four wonderful people who will uh, check you in electronically in the front and then you'll take a seat we have seating we have some church pews that people sit in and they wait and they come around they pick up their meat um, there's a table in the center that you kind of walk around and we have shelves on both sides that um, they're stocked from the back so we have stockers who are continuously stocking the cans from the back to um, make sure people have everything available and pe- people work in the front of those shelves serving and uh, distributing the food that people want to put in their box, giving them guidance as to how many they can have and, and keeping everything moving because if you realize we um, can put people through the pantry at almost one a minute. From the time they walk in the door till the time they walk out the door with a box of food, uh, we average, we're more likely to average about 50 an hour on a, uh, if we have that kind of demand, but um, we do have the potential to do 60 an hour if we're fully staffed and ready to go. And that means that everybody has to be on task. And that includes giving hugs to the people that you know, getting hugs from the people, and talking to them and encouraging them along the way, and Charles stealing their children to... <laughs> Um, he, he loves the babies, so he, he likes to, to entertain them and uh, 
and talks to them. And everybody is just takes the time they need to visit, but yet we keep on task and move, and um, people are always keeping everything stocked. And, and it, it's a joy. I, it really is a joy to watch. To just kind of stand back and watch how people help each other, whatever their jobs are, something needs to happen. Um, people are, are, are just, it's a blessing. That's all I can say. Why, why do you think the pantry is important? Well, biblically it's important because we are, we are expected to serve, to we are expected to feed the hungry. But I did find this scripture. It says in Romans 12:20, Therefore, if thine enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heat coals of fire on his head. Now, that's, <laughs> that might sound a little vindictive, but I think that it speaks to what Josh mentioned earlier about the fact that people might not agree with what we stand for. But in... But when they come to accuse us, they, they can look at our works. They may not agree with us, but if they look at our works, it heaps guilt on them for pointing a finger at us and saying that they're wrong without at least looking at us a little closer. And maybe it will open a door and give us an opportunity to share with them why we do what we do, why we're different, why we do it joyfully. And in that, give us an opportunity to reach someone for Christ. The other scripture is from Matthew 25:33 that we're all very familiar with. And he says to his sheep on the right hand, and he puts them there, and he says to the goats, go to the left. And thou, then says the king unto them on the right, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. And then he goes on to say, um... They go on to say, but when did we see you and did we feed you? And you, it says, if you have done it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. That's why we do what we do, and that's why it's important. We're doing it for Christ. And we don't judge the people who come to us. We just know that we are doing it because we serve him. Amen. Tell us, you're serving Christ in that moment, so tell us about some God moments that you believe from the pantry. Well, knowing that God's in charge, <laughs> seeing the Holy Spirit move in the people that are there, in the way that, and when there's a need, how it's met, um, having people show up to serve, sometimes you don't expect them when somebody says, we could use help and having even maybe more people than you need there. Um, even if some people have to go home, what a blessing that is. To know that people stand ready to serve when there's a need. That's, that's a blessing. I have to tell you a little bit about a funny God moment, and hopefully I can tell you. Uh, this kind of touched my heart, and it, it sounds a little silly, but one of the women who comes to the pantry... Um, she came in a couple weeks ago and uh, she said I have something for you she said 
I bought these and they won't fit me and I hope you're not insulted by the size that they are. She said, but they reminded me of you because they're just, they're just joyful <laughs> and they're funny, shir- fun shirts. Now she's not a Christian type of person um, and, and she's a little maybe what we might think of loud and not, you know, not our uh, whatever, but she, but she, she is a friend and she, she wanted to bring something back and that's it just it touched my heart it touched my heart to see and and other people who will come this is another god moment really they will come and you'll see them and they'll have like three boxes because people have to bring a box to put their food in and instead of bringing their box back that they're supposed to you'll see them standing outside and they'll have like three boxes and they'll be standing out there going does anybody bring me a box is anybody new here that didn't know you're supposed to bring a box? So they get it, that it's about serving each other and sharing and caring. And if people didn't get the right numbers when they're outside, sometimes that can get a little crazy. But, you know, they've kind of learned that you should respect the people that are there first. So somebody walks out the door and says, now who needs a ticket? And now somebody will be out there going, and she was next and she's... She was next, and she was he was next, and so that they get the right number of people stay in order. So they're because of the Holy Spirit working there, because of them seeing the spirit of the people that do work there, they're starting to display that in their own behaviors. Um, those are God moments. <laughs> yeah. Is there any? What have you learned about God? He's kind of serving there, leading it. What if I learned about God? Yeah, is there anything? Nothing's too big. <laughs> um, he's in charge. Um, don't worry. You have to trust him because he may have a different idea of the what's the right way to do something than you do. Um, he may bring people that you think, well, I, I I don't know how that's going to work out, and he always knows the right people to bring with the right skill set and the right attitude. And I don't know, it's it's just a blessing to see how he brings people together, how he brings things together, how he supplies our needs, whatever it is what we need. He knows that, and I don't struggle with it anymore when I think we're going to be short of corn or we might not have enough cereal. Um, I, I, I started out doing that in the beginning a few years ago when we first started to take over and then he kind of taught me a lesson when he filled the basement with cereal. <laughs> I prayed for cereal and I have to be careful what you pray for. So now I just kind of ask, ask gently. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Kind of go, well, you ask for numbers, specific numbers, and you need a hundred cereal boxes. Yeah. Jim takes me downstairs every once in a while, kind of walks me through where where we might need something. I go, you got that, God, right? Uh. <laughs> and and he does. He he's got it. It's it's just so beautiful and amazing to see um, how that works. What are what are the greatest needs of the pantry at this moment? We need your prayers. We have a lot of people who are older 
who um, their health is not the best necessarily and they've served for a long time. We need them to be able to serve as long as they can. We need them to have the best health they possibly can, whether they're able to serve or not. Um, we need to continue to let God and the Holy Spirit be in charge and not to try to order too much cereal <laughs> or get too many kids in or worry about whether we're going to have enough of something, but rather to have this, this, that trusting and be able to let this ministry go wherever God wants it to go. Um, is that your prayer for the future, too, or kind of what's what is your prayer for the future, dream for the future of the pantry? Well, right now we have a couple of exciting things kind of that we want you to pray about and pray with us about, too, that are kind of on the horizon. There are a couple of sister ministries that are going to kind of get started um, working with us to help meet the needs of hunger in the area. One of them, um, I was given the okay to mention, <laughs> um, Brett Marker House, which is a ministry um, in South Akron, uh, has for a long time been doing food di- or clothing distributions, but now um, they have seen the Lord open a door, and it, it, we felt for a while now that it would be a wonderful addition to their ministry, but it wasn't something we ever spoke with them about until recently, um, but they... Uh, are going to be able to add food distribution at their location too and you're going to be hearing more about that here in the near future I think. Uh, We also have another feeding program that um, someone is uh, going to be meeting with us in August about uh, that would be more of a actual meal service that we're looking into and seeing how we can facilitate that. It's probably going to start out small but um, I think that the Lord is is working in that area too. So those are just two things that we are uh, excited to see coming into being that the Lord has laid on the hearts of people who um, are once again from this congregation and we're just so blessed to be able to support them and maybe answer a few questions for them. <laughs> um, if, if somebody here needed food, uh, or know somebody who needs food. When are you guys open, and how how where are you at, and how does it work? As far as that's concerned, I don't, I'm not sure we got to the days you're open. Did you? Yeah. We are open the last. If there's a Tuesday and a Thursday in the month, it's the last Tuesday and Thursday that fall in the same week. So. If the 31st would be a Thursday, we're still open that Tuesday and Thursday. That would be the, what the, I don't know, can't do the that. 29th, 29th and the 31st, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So other than holiday holiday weeks, that's pretty much the schedule that we hold to. It's the last full week of the month that we distribute and we're open. Um, basically, we say 9 to 2.30. We're usually Finishing people up, we try to get everybody done by about three o'clock. So um, that's when we're open. But under emergency situation, you either call pastor or one of us, and we can get food to you anytime you need it on an emergency basis. Um, how do how do people get involved if they want to get involved if they've never served before? Well, we have a really strict screening policy. <laughs> <laughs> now wait a minute 
No. Uh, if you would like to serve, um, you can see us. You could talk to um, Faye. Faye, would you stand up back there so people know who you are? Faye does a wonderful job. She is our staff coordinator. She's the one that kind of contacts people, makes sure we have um, people for working positions, finds out who's not available certain you know, days and tries to get those positions filled. So we appreciate that. You can speak with her. Uh, you could use your comment card today and note it on the back, or you can just talk to Josh and he'll point you in our direction, uh, and and we'll be sure to uh, get in contact with you. And um, you can come down and see what we're about. Maybe the first time you come, you don't want to to work. You just want to come and see what we do. Uh, you're welcome to do that, and then we can kind of go from there and see what your talent set is. If you're good with a computer or if you like to do physical work, if you want to run and up, up and down the steps with um, Charlie, you can do that. <laughs> well, thank you guys for all the work that you do um, for your leadership at the pantry and uh, really following the, the call of the Holy Spirit and in your role to step up and lead. Um, we didn't necessarily share that story uh, today, but Luana's got a really kind of cool story and how God tugged on her to, to lead this ministry um, as they transition from, from one leader to the next. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. And uh, I know many of you are led both by Luana and Jim. Jim, Luana isn't often there the whole day typically on a, on a Tuesday or Thursday, but Jim is. But And Jim will tell you that Luana is in charge, but I'm here to kind of help everybody keep it running. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, so we're thinking. She's in charge even when she's not there. One of the computers goes down and she's home. We have to call her at home and work the girls through getting the computers back up again. So even when she's not there, she's in charge. So we're, we're thankful for your leadership um, at the pantry and very appreciative of you both. Uh, Lawana is an elder and a leader in the church and uh, I'm very blessed by her. One of the things that we'd like to do um, before, as we kind of end this time, is end it in a time of prayer. And so I'm going to ask if you work at the pantry, um, if you would come forward this morning and just stand at the altar here. Uh, and uh, you can stand facing the congregation. And I'm going to ask that Lawana pray over you. Because uh, I'm going to ask that, that your, your leader uh, pray over you. So don't be shy. If you work at the pantry, come forward. Because I want to see, I want people to be able to see too, those of you who work at the pantry. And, and thank you for um, anybody that's ever worked, ever worked at the pantry. So um, if you would come forward and kind of stand here. Uh, in front of the altars, I'm not going to make you kneel. I know uh, some of your knees are older than others um, or worse than others. Uh, so if you've ever come, come or ever were, come on up and we're going to pray over you. If you would like to find out more about the pantry or serving at the pantry, make sure you check the box on the back of your connection card. And uh, we'll make sure somebody, somebody contacts you and kind of lets you know what's going on uh, at the pantry. now if we extended this to the children who are actually in the children's department we have had children who have come down and um, sorted jelly for us and and brought things up from downstairs so 
As you can see, we have a wide age range here from our graduating seniors uh, that have just come out of high school to some of our super seniors <laughs> uh, and everything in between. So we're just thankful uh, that the Lord has um, blessed this ministry for so many years. And we want to pray over these people that they would continue to seek God's guidance in whatever ministry they are in, but in particular that he would continue to bless the pantry as he sees fit. Let us pray. Father God, we come this day to praise you and to thank you for your love and for your goodness to us. You are a great and mighty God, and we are so unworthy. We can only do small things on our own, but with the power of your Holy Spirit and with willing and serving hearts, we can do great things together, Lord. We have seen how you have ministered to so many people and allowed so many people to minister throughout the years through Joanne's Pantry. A tragedy that you have taken and turned it for your good because people were faithful. A ministry that many times could have failed, Lord, but because of faith, faithful servants, it has not. The hearts of the people here are so willing to serve you, Lord. We pray that that would continue to be a part of our legacy as a church and as a ministry. Help us always to remember that what we do, we do in your name. And we do it for you, not just for the people who come. Help us to have hearts that are sensitive, words that are kind, welcoming. Help us to be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.